Are you ready for the era of voice and smart speakers? We'll help you get there as we talk to Chip Edwards of Create My Voice next on Brand On Broadcasting. Welcome to episode 20 of Brand On Broadcasting. I'm Ross Brand. We are talking about the importance of audio branding on smart speakers. Today's guest is Chip Edwards of createmyvoice.com. Chip builds voice apps for Amazon Alexa and Google Home devices. I caught up with Chip following his talk at WordCamp New York City. And Brand on Broadcasting is the show where we discuss all things broadcasting with a strong focus on the online side of broadcasting. That's live streaming, podcasting, video creation, voice, and smart speakers. You can find the show notes and links from this episode at brandonbroadcasting.com slash EP20. That's brandonbroadcasting.com slash EP20. Join me now as I sit down for a conversation about audio branding for smart speakers with Chip Edwards. And I started off asking Chip, what exactly is voice branding? So voice branding is the idea that once we move into this voice environment where we're, looking, we're using smart speakers and our phones and we're talking to them, all of a sudden the visual branding elements go away. So logos and stuff like that disappear. So the question is, is what's your brand look like in a voice environment? So we, we talked about a number of things today. One of them was the sonic branding where it's been around for forever. Um, Earcons, sonic brands, um, where where companies have a tone or a set of tones that they use um, as to de- designate that this is this is our brand in a verbal world or a voice world, and so we we talked about that, and then a number of other ideas around um, branding in a voice environment. And so, when we talk about creating content for smart speakers, essentially we're talking about Alexa, which is Amazon's, and Google Home, which is Google's. That, that's correct. And that's the smart speaker side of things. The interesting thing is, is those are kind of the, the, what, what people see and they talk about those. But voice environments is actually much larger than just smart speakers. I don't know about you, but my, my phone has voice capabilities on it, and I use it all the time. That idea that we're going to be able to talk to devices, phones... Uh, smart speakers, fridges, microwaves, I mean, all kinds of stuff is going to have this voice technology embedded in it. And as that shift happens, branding changes because now our interaction with computers becomes verbal instead of visual. So if I'm using uh, the Google Assistant app or I'm using the Alexa app on my phone, do I have basically all the same abilities uh, as I would if I was using a smart speaker or not at this time yet? Uh, th- that's correct. They have them hooked up. Now, Google's assistant on the smart speaker has a slightly different um, mode that they, they're working in, but you can do pretty much all the same stuff on Google's assistant as you can with their smart speaker, and they're working to merge those is my, the last I read about it. How does somebody even begin to think about developing a sound for their own brand when uh, you know it's not a famous brand that the whole world would know? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Well, all branding starts out with nobody knows it. So in sonic branding or visual branding, same thing. You choose a logo on the visual side, and as you get your audience, you start tying in your visual brand with your audience. So when they see it, they start recognizing, oh, that belongs to. 
Same thing on the visual, on the verbal side. You're you're gonna set up a any any sound that you want associated with your brand. You and then you just consistently use that, just like on the visual side. Consistently tie that to any of your audio content. I know podcasters often will tie in, you know, here's the music that I introduce my, my podcast with, or here's the, the, the segue that I do between different sections. Those are types of sonic branding that podcasters do naturally. Um, the, the interesting thing, I think, is, is from a lot of people who have websites, they aren't thinking about the verbal side of things. And so that's where this sonic branding kind of is uh, something that, is why I'm talking about it in these word camps and other places to say, hey, we need to start thinking about this because as we move to a voice environment, these are things that you're going to need to be ahead of the curve on as it changes. When I do my flash briefings, I use the music bed that I use throughout the entire flash briefing is what you would hear towards the beginning, towards the opening and closing of, of a podcast that I do. So there's consistency there. But when it comes to, you know, a, a very quick, like a three-second identifier, I think people have to start thinking about including that in all their audio content. Uh, and if they have videos, they may want to play that sound somewhere during the video. Um, now, all the examples you gave were uh, without any voice, without any human voice, without singing, without speaking. Uh, is that is that a requirement when you're coming up with that that little uh, sounder at the beginning or or wherever you would put it or is it is it not essential that it, it is without the human voice? So I think the big the key is is what is that audio content that you want to use as your brand that when somebody hears that they think of you and your brand. It, it doesn't matter what it is, uh, but you're correct. It needs to be short, and it needs to be something that you consistently use always in the same place so that when people hear that, they know this is what's going to happen or this is who this, this information or this, uh, the content is this associated with you and your, your brand. Where would you say that most content creators should start in preparing their overall content strategy for a voice-first world? Well, that's a good question. Um, and it probably really depends on the type of company and the type of um, content that you already have as to where you, st you, you, you need to take that next step. Um, bloggers, the idea there is they've generally been... Um, they're generally almost all visual. And so for a blogger, they really need to think of, is my content easy to turn into audio? Because we're, we're, these smart speakers and voice devices are going to be able to read their content. Um, and so you want to make sure that your content is easily uh, translatable into audio automatically. You don't have to do it. The devices will do it. Um, but if you're a podcaster, making sure that you've got that consistent branding that we were talking about. And same thing with a company. Um, if you've got content as a company, you're going to want to know, hey, if they're not seeing my, my logo or my signage and they're just hearing or, or need to talk to me, um, what, is that, what is that verbal version of the information I've got that I want to be able to uh, um, present to my audience? 
Now, right now, Google is only scraping uh, text content, not audio or video content, uh, when it provides answers to questions that somebody would ask to uh, a voice assistant, the smart speaker. As far as I know, that's true. Um, now, it wouldn't surprise me if it's in the plans to be able to um, understand, here's an audio clip that's an, the answer to the question or associated. Uh, but they do, when you ask for them to play something, they have a, a large library with their YouTube and uh, Google Podcast and the like that they can use to be able to play information that you've asked for. Um, so, yeah, that's it, it's coming. I, I guess what I'm thinking is if you're doing a, a, a a podcast or you're doing a video maybe you should think about transcribing it and posting that transcription on your blog whether it becomes the the main blog post or whether you put a drop down menu and it's it's there as part of the page if people want to opt to read it so that's all content then the transcription of this interview can be something that the smart speaker can pull from if you have audio content already, you're in a really good spot. The biggest thing from a, from a person that's got audio content, podcasts and, and, and video, is making sure that your brand is what your audience associates with you with. Because when they talk to these, these smart speaker devices, if they reference your brand, if they say, talk to your brand, then Google knows to be able to... Um, work with your interface and provide your content um, which is a slightly different than a than a blogger a blogger has a little bit different um, challenge that they have to do to be able to make sure their content is is accessible from smart speakers and it's not automatic so now there's different ways that you can get a podcast content for example you can ask tune in if you're on alexa you can you can ask or you just ask alexa you just ask google and they have their own place to reach for it that's correct so uh, uh, amazon gets the content so as long as your podcast is on tune in amazon knows that when you ask to play a podcast look there to be able to find the latest version of the podcast and google does the same thing if you say play a podcast it'll look in Google Podcast to be able to get that. the The issue is is that sometimes Google or an Amazon is not finding your podcast to be able to dis, to to play it, and so that's where branding comes in and the idea of creating an uh, an Alexa skill or a Google action that once you tie your branding to one of those voice apps, then you control, this is the content I want to provide on this smart speaker device. And that's where your business comes in. You help people create that unique app, that branded app. So if I wanted somebody to, uh, to listen to a podcast, to uh, get the latest blog post, I could, I could tell them to, if I had my own skill on Alexa, Ask Alexa for Livestream Universe, right? That's correct. So if if you if you're going to use Amazon or Google's um, their decision making process to decide what they want to play, then you can just put your content on um, TuneIn or Google Podcast, and Google will decide when a user says play something. Oh, I'm going to pick up your podcast. 
it, it works most of the time, but there's sometimes that there that it gets confused and it plays somebody else's content. If you want to control what Google or Amazon does to make sure that your content gets played, then you create a voice app. And so, like for Livestream Universe, if you created a Google action called with the invocation name of Livestream Universe, when somebody talks to their phone or to Google their Google Home device and they say, talk to Livestream Universe, Google knows to use your action to be able to determine what the answer is. And so now that you can control what happens when they are talking to your Google action because you wrote it and it's yours. And then I need to think of everything that I want to have there that somebody could ask for. It's no longer pulling from Google. It's pulling from what I program it. That is correct. You get to decide what that voice interaction is. And for, for podcasts and blogs and, and, um, and live stream content, usually you want if there's new content, you want to be able to provide that to the user. So that's the easy one of, hey, play the latest podcast. Um, uh, so that's the natural one. But if they listen to the latest podcast, maybe you want to pick another podcast they haven't listened to. And so you can say, hey, you listen to the latest podcast, but here's one that you haven't heard yet. Do you want to listen to it? So that interaction, when somebody's talking to Livestream Universe, that Google action or that Alexa skill, you get to decide what that interaction is. How much time does it take to develop the proper skill that would serve the purpose of a podcaster or a live streamer or a small business? So we've built a template to make it relatively easy for bloggers and podcasters to be able to get their action or skill out there. And it's, it's, it's a matter of, you know, a week or, or two weeks is generally the, the time. There's a, sometimes it can take up to a month, but it's a pretty quick process. If you decide that you want to build your own Whatever, it can take as long as you want it to take. But I totally, the research has come back with simpler is better right now on these devices. And so a simple interface to be able to get into your content is usually the, the, the best way to go. So it's pretty quick to be able to put together. And as you talked about in, in your talk earlier, it's important kind of there's a land grab going on right now with Google. So that's another reason why simple and get on there could be very important. Explain how that works uh, and how Google is different from Alexa in, in terms of your brand name. Yeah, so when you build a Google action or an Alexa skill, your you part of that voice app is the invocation name. And the invocation name is where your brand comes in. So you choose your brand and that is what you use as your invocation name to be able to invoke those voice apps. Alexa made the, Amazon made the choice that you could have multiple Alexa skills with the same name. And the user has to decide which of these skills does he want to enable. Google used the other model. Google said the first person to write a voice app with that invocation name, they're the ones that own that invocation name. And so right now it's important if you've got a brand that, that you want to make sure you're controlling the interaction that happens when somebody says, hey, Google, talk to Livestream Universe. You want to be the first person to create that Google action so that you're the one that controls that interaction. We're talking with Chip Edwards from Create My Voice, createmyvoice.com. 
if somebody has a limited budget and or they just want to dip their toe in the water, do you recommend starting with creating an app for Alexa or for Google Home? So what we provide is both of the both environments, Alexa and Google, and for a very reasonable price. Uh, you can find the informa- all the information on our website at createmyvoice.com. Um, the, the, the answer to your question is a little bit complicated because right now Amazon has about, you know, high 60s percent of the market and Google's got, you know, mid 20 percent of the market. And so it's important to have an Alexa skill, but it's important from a, um, a get it first perspective to make sure you get your Google action. So we put them both together um, so that it doesn't matter the device that the person has. There, you can be found on both of those devices. And that's really important because you want to be able to market. Here's my brand. You can get my content through whichever, um, whichever environment you're using, Alexa or Google. And for people who have, say, they have multiple podcasts or they have multiple streams of revenue and they do different things, should they do a different... Uh, a different skill or a different action for each one of those? Or is it okay to, to sort of put everything under one heading of, of the brand name? I would strongly suggest that you create individual ones for each, um, uh, each stream that you've got. Because each stream really has its own branding with it. And so you'll want to create your branding with an audience that is tied to that stream so that you you can do it all in one but it's it's better from a brand perspective because brand is really really important in the verbal world brand gets way more important than we even have in the visual world so i'd strongly suggest that you create one for each of your um, of your streams for each of your audiences Sounds great. Chip, thank you so much for joining us. It's createmyvoice.com. It's an honor to have you on the show, and glad I met you at Super Joe Pardo's event, MapCon, uh, now independent podcast conference, and we had a chance to talk here again today. Wonderful. Thank you very much for this opportunity to talk. Don't forget to check out the show notes and links at brandonbroadcasting.com slash EP20. Thanks again to Chip Edwards of createmyvoice.com. And thank you for joining us for Brand on Broadcasting. I'm Ross Brand of Livestream Universe. Talk to you again next time on another episode of Brand on Broadcasting. Take care, everyone.